0: Welcome to the lounge of Travify Academy, where we get to hear from travel industry voices and experts to learn more about their story and also what they see on the horizon for travel professionals. And I'm Stephanie Grice and our guest today is Sarah Bogacek, who is owner and travel advisor at Connections Luxury Travel. So welcome to the lounge, Sarah. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. I'm excited to chat.
0: Yes, this is cool. So this is a special episode of The Lounge where we get to hear just how other advisors like Sarah have started their business and then also hearing um, from Sarah, you know, what she's found most success in and um, all that. So I love these episodes. These are fun to dig deep and really just, you know, ask those fun questions. So first off, the most basic question is how did you get started in the travel industry and where did your inspiration come from, you know, to start your business?
1: Um, Yes, I love telling the story because I think it's a great example of in this industry how there's so many paths that can lead you to being a travel advisor and owning your own business. So my story probably started a couple decades ago. I worked in advertising and marketing for many years and really enjoyed being in that creative industry. Um, I was working in ad agencies, and then running some marketing for a luxury custom home builder most recently, and just sort of hit this point like many of us do, and especially during COVID when we were all digging deep and looking inward to choices in our life, um, and was feeling like I was ready for a change. Um, I'm a mom of three, and a lot of my career choices over the past decade have been focused around how I can still have a career that fulfills me in one way, but also is something that has flexibility to work for our family. Um, That's just been a really big sort of guiding light for me. So I was always trying on different hats to figure out careers that allowed for this and um, was in that that was sort of bubbling in my mind at the same time that I was quite honestly discovering that travel advisors were um, a business model and a career path that was really still in need. Um, I've no big surprise, always loved to travel and enjoyed the planning process. So I had not utilized a travel advisor of my own. So I feel like in the depths of COVID Instagram scrolling, I discovered a lot of travel advisors and was kind of like, you know, digging a little deeper, like, what is this? This looks cool. I'm interested in it. And totally fell down the rabbit hole of um, of learning about an industry that I didn't know uh, much about. Um, so I I'll touch more on those conversations that I had later, but For me, then, it really became as I discovered this industry and I took a step back and thought about, like, what am I good at in my current job and what do I love to do? Because isn't that kind of the dream combo, right? Um, So I thought about the fact that professionally, I was really good at running complex projects, managing timelines, um, controlling chaos, and sort of distilling a lot of details into more simple, digestible format. I had done that for years in my career. Um, I loved building strong relationships throughout the jobs that I had had and partnering with clients and advertising, um, and felt like that was a real strength of mine. That I felt like people enjoyed working with me, and I and en- I really got a lot out of that kind of partnership. Um, and then personally, like I said, you know, we're all in this business because we love travel, so that was always something I was a sponge for talking to people about their travels, soaking up details. They had talked about always making sure I had my next trip on the books. Um And I found that I was already kind of a resource for people saying, Hey, I know you went here. I'd love to talk about this. You know, I was sharing a lot of sort of creating my own archive of trip details to share with folks. So, um, I was doing a lot of that work informally already and loving it Um, and just getting a lot of satisfaction out of opportunities to help people get through something that felt really complicated to them, but energizing for me.
0: Yes. That's awesome. I took those
1: two things and um, dove headfirst into the travel advisor world.
0: That is so cool. And what did those first steps look like for you? Like, How did you start getting your first clients?
1: Yeah. Very tactically. I mean, my first steps, honestly, like I said, really were rooted in understanding the business model because it is such a unique one. Um, trying under, I'm an independent consultant, so understanding the practical nature of how that's set up, uh, exploring host agencies and finding a fit, which I ultimately found with Departure Lounge, that was a great fit for myself. And um, and I honestly just like blind reached out to a lot of these people I was following on Instagram and was like, hey, can we chat? And it was such a first indicator of the amazing collaborative spirit of this industry because, you know, I'm sure their plates were full and they didn't have time, but they made time and they gave me their perspective on their careers um, and just really helped me understand how to get started. So, that was like chapter one. And then once I got started and had things like insurance set up and my LLC defined and my host agency uh, contract set, then for me it became you know, I have a website, I have an Instagram profile, I've got forms ready and um, really canvassing like the systems that I was going to be using. That was something right from the start. Everybody that I talked about had their take on what different systems they used, you know, when you're outputting money for these without knowing if you have clients. So I really investigated that. Um, and that's what led me to systems like Travify, Traveljoy, um, you know, figuring out workflow and the very unglamorous part of the business, but that makes your business polished and efficient. Um, And then in terms of finding clients, I really feel like I had been fortunate to pave the road of having great relationships that ultimately led to people wanting to use my services as a travel advisor uh, because they already were coming to me for help or inspiration, ideas. So when I started, I really just reached out to my own personal and professional network, let people know what I had started And I remember telling my husband, like, you know, we're taking this leap. I'm not honestly sure if anybody's even going to call. And they did. You know, you have friends and past colleagues that were amazing in how they supported me either with their own travels or just telling people about, hey, I know you're going to Italy. Oh, my gosh, I've got the perfect person for you. Um, And I'm so grateful for, for that piece of it. Um, because it really just helped to get some initial momentum out of the gates.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. And then you just took that leap. And I love too, how you reached out to agents, you know, you reached out to people that you saw, um, which is really cool too. Cause I think people forget that that's one of the simplest things you can do is, you know, just ask, like, how did ask the questions, you know, which is so smart.
1: Absolutely. And you can tell that, as I mentioned to you before we even started on this chat I have been such a sponge for soaking up how people in the industry work, you know, ways that they can be more efficient, how they got to where they are, you know, smarter ways to work with clients. I don't think that will necessarily end, but I have been such a taker of this information and the community at large, whether they're in my host agency or partners or, you know, friends at other host agencies. Everybody is so giving of their perspective and so um, collaborative in spirit that I really now just try to look for those opportunities to start to put to start to put some of that good karma back in the world.
0: That's so cool. We love, well, thank you so much for that. That's awesome that, that you're doing that. And, um, and one thing too that I want to touch on is you mentioned, um, systems, you know, finding those systems. And so what do you have any like, well, kind of two part question here is first, like, what does a typical day look like for you? But then in there, do you have any favorite organizational hacks or systems that you found it really helps your day to day?
1: Yes. That's a great question. And I would almost take it and say, instead of a typical day, I think about it almost more as a typical week. So I tend to break my week out into thinking through it in terms of proposals I have, um, trips I have that I need to finalize. So sort of the itinerary building and booking portion of it, trips that are leaving. So if clients are departing that week, I always want to make sure what I've got on the horizon and then there's a big miscellaneous bucket, like insurance quotes I need to get out, or dining reservations, you know, follow-ups like that. So I have a lot of that captured in um, some CRM tools and task lists. Task lists, it's hard to say. Um, but I also always have a running, like handwritten list. I'm very sort of old school, and there's something about how it commits it to memory and that visual for me that every week I'm sort of like, all right, here's my bucket of proposals. Here's my bucket of what's to book. And I'm constantly every day grounding myself in that list because what I find is I'm, what I set out the week to do, I have probably had to reshuffle throughout the week. So I usually start my morning, wake up, check into emails, make sure there's no, you know, urgent fires I need to put out or responses I need to get to. And then I try to set a rough like hot list for the day of what tasks I'm going to prioritize. Um, And I'm constantly reevaluating that throughout even the day. So just trying to figure out the the best way to do things. Or if I know I need to grab a hotel for a client, you know, maybe that wasn't on the list, but if I see that it's one remaining, I'm going to prioritize that a little bit sooner. Um, So my... Day then becomes diving into Travify for my proposals, my itineraries that I'm building, um, sending the clients final itineraries, and you know, just seeing what other remaining questions that they have. Um, And then always trying to carve out time for within a week learning about new properties, connecting with partners as well, because it's a fine balance of. You've got the clients coming in, but I want to make sure I'm still learning about new destinations, seeing what updates are happening in ones that I'm familiar with.
0: Totally. There's so many facets to it of, you know, things coming in and, you know, dealing with clients and even, and if someone's traveling, you know, dealing like that could happen and, um, you know, just kind of change the way your day is structured very quickly and all that. So I just always love asking that question just to see. And I like the hot list, the top yeah. tasks. That's so smart. I need to, it's, and, and there is something I will totally agree with you on that. There's something about writing it down. Like I still yeah, it commits hold, it
1: to memory in a way. Yeah. I
0: think. yeah. It's just kind of fun. It's fun checking it off too, like physically checking it off. Um, so what would you say is the biggest lesson that you have learned so far since starting your
1: business? So the the biggest lesson I have learned is definitely one um that I've already touched on a bit and it's just find your people right like the the people that I have connected with in this business again whether they're colleagues or I have friends at other host agencies I've met on fams who were messaging each other daily with you know ideas or property updates you know just commiserating with each other on really rough days. Um, The ability to have my own business and run it the way that I want is amazing. But you also, I also want to feel like I'm a part of a bigger community and get a lot from that. So I really appreciate that this has been an industry where I can be, you know, uh, my own business, but still feel part of having the resources and community of being connected to others. Um, so that is the biggest thing is like find that host agency. That's a fit for you. Mine is filled with so many kind, helpful people that I honestly would not have had the success in my first year that I had without them like bar none. Um, so that piece is one I am grateful for and just like pass on to anybody new is like make those connections and and then lean on them, um, but give back <laughs> to that cycle as well. Um, and then the other piece is that I think I underestimated when I started just how heavy the administrative aspect of this business is. It's not the glamorous piece. Um, most of my days are spent at my computer trucking away on um, the details of trips, and that's where finding those systems that help me to be efficient, um, help me to look more professional and polished to my clients, uh, has been really invaluable. So, encouraging new advisors to really—it's hard when you like don't know yet what your business will look and function like, but spending some time talking to others about what they are using, why they're using it, um, how many systems they're using, if there's duplication, asking a lot of those questions up front will pay off in dividends because the technology and the the tools that you get from a lot of these systems just help you so much on that administrative side of it. Um, And they're honestly some of the things that clients come back to me almost as excited about as like the amazing view that they had in the Muffin Coast. They're like, yeah, but that app that I had, that's amazing. So I'm always grateful for uh, the time that I spent and the info I had when I started on picking some of the right fits for my business.
0: That's really cool. That's, that's a big thing that, you know, you tend to forget about because especially in the travel industry, it's like travel, this is just cool. And you want to sell the pictures of these beautiful properties but but there's so much administrative background totally. work yeah like all of that that you just like don't really think about until you get into it yes. um so yeah that's that's really cool and what about since you did come from um, advertising and marketing what is your marketing uh like playbook look look like
1: um so I have very intentionally decided that um I'm not doing a ton of proactive like I would say, formal marketing. I had all these big ideas of doing newsletters and doing more formal advertising of my business. And fortunately, I've been lucky enough where I scaled my business quickly enough off of referrals that I haven't needed to push out a lot. But for me, like Instagram is a huge piece. Um, And I really look at that as I want clients to follow me for inspiration. I want them to feel like I'm sharing a new hotel or a destination they hadn't thought of. It's not rocket science. I think that's what a lot of us are hoping to do. Um, But bringing to life through great visuals and just trying to think about like the clients that are coming to me and what might get them excited. Um, You know, I'm not always heavy handed in talking about like offers or deals because that's really not my, the best way that I bring value to clients. But I think I've been able to use that, that channel as a way to just get people inspired to travel. And then I'm top of mind for when they want to do that. And quite frankly, even if I just get them inspired to travel and you know they don't need an advisor, I'm thrilled that somebody has taken an extra trip because of something that I've shared. So I would say Instagram is a big piece. And then because my business is so driven by referrals, I really try to be purposeful in... Thinking clients who have referred me to others, whether that's doing a little something extra for them on their next trip, sending something to their house, just reaching out with a genuine thank you, because I don't think people realize what a difference that does make in a small business. And they're doing it because they're excited to share a contact that they have or talk about, you know, how I helped to plan a great trip for them. But I just value that. Action that they've taken so much. And I really try to make sure that they know that. And then I think it kind of reminds people like, oh, I should. Yeah. I, well, I've other people I can pass along her name to. So.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I definitely heard that. We've had that in, um, heard from other agents, like in previous webinars and stuff where the gift giving and just being thoughtful about how you, um, thank people and, you know, following up and letting them know you're thinking of them. And, um, so really cool. Something just seems so simple,
1: but it's, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And usually if you have a great client, they're probably friends with great potential clients. So it's like, yeah, I want your friends. You're so fun. Like, let's yeah. let's plan for everybody. Um, so that's been a lot of fun as well.
0: That's awesome. And 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 you might have already answered this question um, during our conversation so far. But what would you say is one thing that's just completely changed your business?
1: Um, in thinking about this, I have to say there was like one nugget that somebody. It might have been in our group or another advisor passed along at one point, and it really stuck with me. Um, and it was this notion that my budget is not my client's budget. And meaning, I think in a lot of times, I was when I first started. Um, a lot of times clients come and they don't necessarily have a know how to articulate what their travel investment will be. They're looking to me for some information to guide them. And I really felt that I saw my business grow when I started to take some handcuffs off of what I was sharing like asking the right kind of questions about how they like to travel, what they want their experience to look like. but I was finding that um, clients were willing to spend money on in different ways than I would have thought and then you know on maybe higher end hotels or guided experiences. But I was almost putting a hamper on that to start because I was uh, thinking, oh, this feels too expensive. You know, travel had really um, seen a lot of costs rising over the past year. And so it seems like it might be kind of basic, but that was a piece for me that transformed the types of trips that I've been doing. And I really cover a large range in how I serve my clients. But I found that by taking off that filter of like, oh gosh, maybe that is too much. And just listening to what they were asking for. I actually was doing a better job as an advisor and having the ability to elevate the types of properties and trips that I was planning to, which is always fun.
0: That's such a good point. As just, um, you know, that conversation came up not too long ago, actually, where, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you you don't want to cap yourself as um, an advisor and think like, oh, this is going to be too expensive. I don't want to freak them out, you know, type of a thing. And so is that what you do? Like when you're doing putting together proposals, how do you decide like what that range or is it like this property is exactly what they're looking for? It might be a little expensive, but I'm going to show them it.
1: Yeah. I usually try to live in the world of, Light options. You know, people are coming to me because often they've been overwhelmed by the choices or don't have the time to sift through all of the options. So I try to work really hard to distill it, and each trip has a little bit of its own variation to it. But I usually do try to either in room category, using hotels as an example, in room category, or just in, you know, hotel or experience in general, I try to throw in an option that maybe a, a potential stretch. And if it's not for them, then it's, an, you know, they still, they don't feel like I forced them into an option here. Um, but it at least lets them see that range of like, oh, okay, well, if I spend just this much, then I can can get to that. And then I balance that with trying to look for options for Dialing up or down, and other experiences throughout their trip that maybe they won't value as much. And that's been a really helpful piece is just like listening to what my clients value. And a lot of times that isn't a private guided trip in a museum. So it's like, we're not going to include that. Um, You're spending a lot at the hotel, and maybe you really want to dine at some great restaurants, and that's where you're going to prioritize your budget. But it doesn't mean that the whole trip has to be at the same level that the hotel is. And that's brought a lot of loyal clients my way because they feel like I get that they're prioritizing um, their investment differently in different parts of their trip.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And um, one question too, that I have to ask, because I know that listeners are like, I want to know this question is, do you charge fees? And like, did you start off or, or how does that work? So and just kind of goes in the conversation of how we we're talking about, you know, offering different things, researching. So do you have a fee or how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah. It's a great question because it's definitely one I tried to dive into a lot when I started. And I do have to say, I was fortunate because I started in 2021 When I think there was a big shift in the industry of people starting to charge fees more often. So I was sort of coming in on that tidal wave. Um, So I do charge fees. I have two main ways that clients engage with me. One is I call it my express booking path where sort of like if you want a hotel and you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, I'll book that you get my perks, you know, and I can help with that without charging a fee. When it's more of a custom trip, either diving into a broader search or, you know, it's a multi stop Europe trip. As of right now, I charge $250 for like a family of four for about a week long trip. Um, But the piece that's really nice about that, and it's another like global thing I've learned about this business, is I can change that at any point. And there's a lot of freedom in that. If I start to feel like, um if i'm not getting the right value out of those fees and the trips that i'm planning i might increase that if i have a client come in with a unique setup you know they're traveling with another couple we sort of evaluate that but i do feel like um having some skin in the game if nothing else is worth it for the charging the fees and They are like most of my clients end up booking with me, but there's always those times where something happens or changes and they don't, and you've put the work in and it is really hard to think about having done that and then not have gotten any kind of compensation for it. So yes, I charge fees and, you know, it's a piece I'm always evaluating. And I do often use as a leverage tool, maybe for a first time client, um, there's been times where I've waived it. Um, and so, but generally speaking, that's how it's set up right now.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a good system, you know, and and, and always changing. And you're so right that in like 2021, it's with the pandemic cha- made this huge shift. I think the conversation was already there, but the pandemic really did because so many people lost so much money and they're like, I charge fees. This wouldn't have happened to the extent it did. So, right.
1: Yeah, And there's cases where I'm evaluating, like I don't have formal cancellation fees set up now. Um, you know, there's probably an opportunity for me to be a little bit tighter about if a client plans a trip and then they reschedule to a new destination, me re-engaging on a new trip planning fee. I'm not great about towing a hard line on that, but I know it's an opportunity that at any point I can change and direct differently. So that's mm-hmm. there's some good freedom in that
0: yeah perfect. I love that. And um, so a final question here for you is uh-huh. what should a new advisor listening who is just deciding to take the leap into really going, you know, um full time at their part- time? what do you think they should know?
1: So the functionally, I think one of the things you have to remember is this is something I'm sure people have already explored, but it's a, It can be a slow buildup because even if you get a ton of clients out of the gates, you know when you start seeing those consistent commission checks coming through, it takes a while to build. So I think that can be a really scary thing when you're looking to leap, knowing that you've got this gap of, um, of money coming in. So it's a very functional piece. But I had worked in another job for about six months before that was also part time before i left that and just started doing travel full time and that was a nice transition for me but i did find once i was able to go full in on focusing just on travel and not sort of juggling two worlds um my business definitely grew as a result so trying to think about what's most realistic for you know an individual as a new advisor just from a financial standpoint um and then I would say, just remember like you are a business and you're a professional. So you need more than just an email to start this business and really do spend that time in setting up your CRM and figuring out how you will manage trips when they come in. But also be flexible to realizing that like once you actually start and learn the cadence of your own business, be willing to adapt and say, you know what, maybe I need to use this tool a little bit more. Um, But starting out of the gates with some some things in place, because once you do start booking for clients and start getting some really good momentum going, it's much harder to carve out the time to um, revisit your website, to figure out your plan for, you know, doing things like writing newsletters or, Uh, brushing up templates in a workflow. So I would say sort of create as much as you can at the start and then um, adapt, you know, be open to adapting as you go along.
0: Love that. That's perfect. And I think that's such a fun part too is like, oh, what is my business going to look like? You know, exploring all the things. And um, so it's really cool. And actually we're not done yet because I didn't tell you this, but we have rapid fire questions.
1: All right, (laughs) let's do it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay. So these are really fun. Um, Okay. So first question, what is your favorite travel movie?
1: My favorite travel movie. Um, I love the movie Life is Beautiful. um, And it's set in Italy. It's a very heartbreaking movie, but I think that it's just one that takes me to a country that I love. And it's it's just a beautiful movie. So I'm going
0: to have to add that to my list, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds about oh, Italy, is so perfect. So that is cool. That is going on my list. Um, and what would you say is your favorite? I know this is always a hard one, but what oh. is your favorite destination you've traveled to?
1: Oh my gosh, Stephanie! I mean, it's like <laughs> asking me to choose my favorite child. Um, no, <laughs> it's always my next destination. Um, for me, I I love traveling with my family right now, and so for us. I would say we we return to Hawaii a lot. And so there's that mix of like comfort in something that we know, particularly on Maui. But um, we always like dig a little bit deeper each time we go into finding and discovering something new on those islands. But I also am just such a junkie for like trying new places and going to new destinations. So that's a really hard question for me to answer
0: (laughs) well I would say your answer is like my favorite one is the next place I'm traveling to
1: that's totally
0: I love that that's such a good answer (laughs) it's so true I know that one that one's always the like people are like really you're gonna ask me that there's so many um but what about this version of the question is what do you think is the most underrated destination to visit
1: oh that is a good question um So I am a firm believer that you do not have to travel far to have a wonderful trip. It does not have to be an exotic location. Like that's fabulous when it is. I'm based in Chicago and um, the area around Lake Michigan for us is just, it's a beautiful place. It's an easy escape. And for me, it's a place I grew up going to, um, to the area around Lake Michigan, like in in Michigan itself by new Buffalo. And I feel like for me, that area it's, you know, doesn't nationally get a lot of glory, but there's just that amazing mix of great food, great local views and anything by the water for me is a total win. So you can stand on the shores of Lake Michigan on a summer day and the water is crystal clear. You can't see, you know, the horizon line goes on forever. And I could feel like I was somewhere far more exotic than Michigan. But for me, it's just that simplicity of an amazing place and um, sort of you're the best of the Midwest in the summer. So I would say that's probably my personal favorite underrated spot.
0: That's a good one. And I will say that one has gotten mentioned before. Is it, Oh, it I'm has. At, I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Michigan. And I, oh yeah, I totally agree. Cause it, you know, it's more Midwest and people are like mid what, but it's so cool. And there's so many different ways, like all the different towns, different vibes and. Yes, exactly. Really cool.
1: Yeah. Like wineries and breweries. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun to be had. We're missing some great like resort options in this area, but amazing home rentals. And um, it's just such a, The summer, I don't love to leave the Midwest because it's actually like when we get the good weather. Um, So that gives me my little escape within our local area.
0: That's awesome. Perfect answer there. And another question here is, what would you say is the best meal that you've had while traveling?
1: Oh, I can totally answer this. My husband and I were in Florence, probably about four or five years ago. We had had dinner at a restaurant, it was great. And we were walking down this small street, um, kind of adjacent to the river. And we literally like smelled something, a meal inside. And we're like, Oh, I don't know what that is. We went inside for a drink and somebody next to us had had, um, just a bowl of cacho a e pepe. And we were like, okay, we'll take one of those. And it to like, we still talk about it to this day. It was our second dinner. And, just one of our favorite meals. It was so simple and it just felt like, you know, we stumbled into this place that I don't know if it ever showed up in a guidebook or a dining recommendation, but it was the epitome of what I love in travel. It was just simple, great ingredients in a spot that felt so local. And we will always remember that as our favorite uh,
0: meal. I love that. That would be my, oh my gosh, too. I, the simplicity with good ingredients and yes it's like isn't that oh. what you go to italy for oh yes oh so cool um okay so two more questions left for you here so okay. one is the second to last is what is the last great book or article that you read and it doesn't have to be travel related
1: all right so i um i'm reading a book now and i this is my problem i read either on my kindle or do, um, audible so I can never remember what I'm reading, but this book is amazing. I'm going to look it up as we're talking. Um, and it's just, it's a tr- based on a true story and it is just such a, um, amazing story of overcoming like incredible adversity, um, Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I can't.
0: No, I'm the same way. That's so funny too. I literally cannot tell you the name of the books like that I read.
1: Isn't it so it's terrible? That yeah, like, it's so weird, but it's like, like um, you don't spend the
0: time looking at the cover you're reading it. So especially with a the Kindle, then you don't really see the cover.
1: Yes. Um, I do listen to podcasts a lot in the morning and masters in travel has been an amazing oh, like, cool. hack for me with just getting some great you know, knowledge in terms of the industry, so that's been a big one. I'm going to find the book that I'm reading. I'm going to send it to you so you can always update yes. the podcast notes. I'm so sorry. I'll put it but. in the
0: notes so, it, like, it'll now. It's just the everyone's just going to go to it. They're, the suspense is going to just. I, I know.
1: I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no worries. No, nope. I'm totally Totally okay, um, but one last question for, and if you think of it, you can, you can send it, but, or let me know, but otherwise just send it to me. Um, but okay. Last question is what is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you while traveling?
1: You know, I think for me, the craziest thing would be just a reminder of how small the world really is when I travel. And so I've had so many instances of like being in the Sistine Chapel and running into a coworker that I had no idea was going to even be there at the same time, or being on a beach in the Amalfi coast and running into somebody I'd gone to college with those moments for me are so humbling. And I've taken this leap across the world and you realize that, you know, we're it's the world's just so much smaller than we think. And I, I really lo- I love that feeling. And, um, always amazed by those instances when that happens.
0: Yes, hundred percent. That happened to us too. And then this um, guy had made this comment. I'm like, that is so true. He's like, the world is
1: the size of a bottle cap. It's 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 crazy. It's like, how did this happen? How, you know, how did we of all people, even just the fact that you could have been in the same city, but to run into each other and um, to connect in a new space like that in a new country. um, I love it. It's
0: so cool. We're all connected. It's so good. Totally. That's what travel does. Yes,
1: it's so cool. It is,
0: yes. Well, I just have to thank you again for joining us um, here today. This is really fun just sharing, you know, what you've learned and what has worked for you um, and just giving back to the community, like you said, you know, taking it in and then also giving it back. So we really appreciate that um, and spending your time. And thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of the Lounge of Travify Academy. And of course, to our special guest, Sarah, for joining us today. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of the latest episodes. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation today and join us again. But for now, stay safe and we'll catch you on the next flight.